Well, let's get back to the uh, book of, of uh, Daniel, and let's see what we can uh, finish up and be very interesting about for all that we have to say and to do. Okay, so now we've got this uh, Daniel uh, who has said, you know, this dream that you had, uh, um, don't don't uh, don't don't let that uh, don't let that destroy you. Uh, uh, but let let this um, this dream uh, be to um, you know to those that that hate you uh, and the interpretation to your enemies. Um, I, I hope you can realize how powerful it is to divert something uh, uh, from coming on yourself. Um, I, I want to tell you this fast little dream, and I, I just hope you'll have patience with me tonight for all that I want to say to you, because it's pretty extensive. Um, I once used to have a dream as a, as a very young uh, a boy, and I would dream that there was this big, huge, sort of a, a monster of a man, and he was always coming toward me, and I knew that in the dream that he was after me and he wanted to harm me. And, uh, and, and that would just keep happening. Uh, I would just uh, keep having that experience um, from... You know, one dream to another, and it was the same dream over and over and over. And I had it for years. And and uh, uh, it was a terrible, frightening type of dream. And then one day after I'd had that dream, I thought about it. And I thought, you know what? I am not going to put up with this dream anymore. Whatever this uh, thing is in this, in this dream that I am dreaming, I, I, I'm not going to accept it anymore. And so... Um, I um, I decided that if when I dreamed that dream again, I was not going to run from this big monster man, but I was going to meet him and defeat him, and and make it so that he would never ever come and follow or bother me again. And so, in a, a, day, a few days or so, uh, I had that dream again, and here was this big monster man coming because I had had to keep moving from place to place to hope that he wouldn't find me but he would always find me and here comes this big monster man again and this time I did not run I stood and I could see a puzzling look on the face of this big monster man that was coming at me and I waited till he got right up close to me and I just went after him with all my might and, and as I just began to go at him with all my might he just began to dissipate and just to, to fall apart into a vapor. And, and the vapor just, just dissipated into, into air and was gone. And I never, ever, ever, ever dreamed that dream again. It was gone forever, even unto this day. So I want to encourage you people that have bad dreams, you can conquer them. And just like Daniel was saying here, uh, you know, you, you could you could take authority over him, and you could say, "Look, I don't I don't accept this interpretation." Now, it may seem to you like that this whole interpretation did come on um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and that he wasn't able to, to stop it. But in all actuality, in the end, uh, he was able to actually improve. Excuse me. And so we see then from from that. That um, it is, it is very, very uh, uh, super and very beautiful that um, 
we have the power to affect things that come into our mind in the subconscious, in the subconscious state. Thing, messages. In Job, it talks about, uh, yea, God speaketh once, yea, twice, yea, thrice into the mind of man, that he might know, that he might receive uh, a message from God. Uh, that is in the book of Job. That is, is the word of God. God can give you uh, revelation even into your subconscious mind. <coughs> Excuse me. In verse 20, the tree that thou sawest, which grew and was strong, uh, whose, whose, whose um, height reached unto heaven, and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. It is thou, O king, and thou art grown and become strong, for thy greatness is grown and reacheth unto heaven, and thy dominion to the end of the earth. And whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, Hew the tree down and destroy it, yet leave the stump and the roots thereof in the earth, even with a brand of iron and, and brass, in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beast of the field, till seven times seven pass over him. Once again, this is that revelation of the 70,000 generations that we teach in the manifest revelations. And this is the interpretation, O King. This is the decree of the Most High. And notice now, it had been saying the decree of the watchers, but in fact, the decree of the watchers actually is God is represented, because it's really the decree of the Most High, but it's their decree in the sense that they are representing the Most High. Okay. Uh, which has come upon thy Lord the King, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass with oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times seven shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And if, if you people can see this parallel, you that have followed the manifest uh, revelation of the fallen angels, uh, you would see that the purpose for this is to manifest sin for what it was, and for these conditions and this, this perturbation and tartaroo, that, that, uh, that humans uh, are going through as mortals on the earth, you'll see that the reason for that is for the purpose of people coming to the conscious knowledge that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and that, that this, this God is the God of gods. Uh, it's, it's an incredible, incredible uh, revelation. And so, we see, though, that there is left something. And this is another thing that's beautiful about the revelation of regeneration. Although this personage, this personality, this character was gone, because the mind was gone, the heart was gone, and it had become a beast, there was still left a stump and the roots 
that belong to the spirit, to the soul, so, so to speak, of, of that person, of who that person was before. And there's a really beautiful characterization, character, uh, character uh, made of this whole example. And it says, Thy kingdom shall be sure unto you. After that thou hast known that the heavens do rule. Now, I want to encourage you people tonight. You mortals who are going through the Tartarus and, and, and through various tough experiences. That once you get through these experiences. And it is totally, absolutely clear in the wholeness of your heart and life and mind that the heavens do rule, then you can know for sure that your kingdom is absolute to you. It's a guarantee to you. It's just that you have to reach that point that you know and understand that God rules and you can't deviate from God being the ruler. No one else can be your ruler but the God that is your Lord over you. Wherefore, O King, let thy counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thine iniquity by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthened, lengthening of thy tranquility. And all of this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of twelve months. That's one year, one what we call circuit. As he walked in the palace of the king of, kingdom of Babylon, the king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? And while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a, boy, fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee is it spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is coming back. He's coming back, because he has given this time extension of 70 times seven, uh, 70, seven times 70,000 generations. So he's going to come back. He's going to be regeneration, regenerated, not only at this time that he comes back in this present example, but he's coming back again, uh, no doubt, as one of the kings of, of Babylon. And uh, it, there's much more I can say about that, but it, it, it says it right here if you carefully read it. Uh, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, till seven times seven pass over you. Okay, uh, verse 33. That same hour, now he, he had had a year, a whole circuit of time, to, to break off his sins with righteousness, uh, to show mercy to the poor, that his tranquility could be lengthened. But obviously he failed to take advantage of that. He failed to do it. And so that same hour, uh, when this thing was fulfilled, uh, he was he was driven by this animal instinct that happened in him, and he began to eat grass, and his body was wet with dew, 
till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird claws. Now what happened with him is this is uh, is a Bible example of this man degenerating all of the way back to what is called the bird man in the manifest teachings. All the way back to what is called the Python man. All the way back. He was degenerated all the way back. And here he was, this wild, beastly bird man out there with the other beasts with, with, with feathers and with strange body and with claws. At the end of the time, according to the fulfillment of Daniel's vision and prophecy, Nebuchadnezzar lifted up his eyes, verse 34, unto heaven, the recognition of heaven. And his understanding returned unto him. And he began to bless the Most High. Now, there was something of an understanding that returned to him that was a lot more than just the Nebuchadnezzar understanding. Because the Nebuchadnezzar understanding during that year that he was given for repentance did not did not follow through with it. But something deeper than that came back out of his subconscious. Something touching on the very fallen angel connection. And he began to praise and honor God that lives forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is from generation to generation. And that's what it's talking about in the 70,000 generations. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven. In the army of heaven. This is not talking about the first domain, the heaven of heavens. This is talking about the Father's house, which is in located in this, in this uh, galaxy in which we live. And among the inhabitants of earth, none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? At the same time my reason returned unto me, for the glory of my kingdom, my honor, my brightness returned unto me. And hear this, and my counselors and my lords, when they saw that he had returned in his reasoning and his intelligence, for he was a powerfully intelligent man before he lost all of this, the lords sought after him and wanted him to come back and take his kingdom. And excellent majesty was added unto me. I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol the honor of the King of Heaven, all whose works are truth, and his ways, judgment, and those that walk in in pride, he is able to abase. And he had recognized that pride when he stood up there in the palace and said, "Am Am not I this great King of Babylon that has built this place? So that is a perfectly beautiful setting for me to begin my revelation on my personal experiences to you because it shows as I made the point that out of all the people in this kingdom of Babylon, all the people on the earth at this time out of all these out of all these people there was there was this one man 
that God revealed these tremendous uh, revelations to. And that is just the way it happens sometimes. Okay, I want to talk about a little bit about some of the experiences of my life and how I happen to be involved in teaching this manifest um, uh, uh, ministry and how that God has done so many things uh, in my life and with my family that it doesn't even seem reasonable that one person or one family could experience as many things as we have. But they have happened, they're real, and, you know, the world does need to know that when God chooses to anoint someone, that's not that that man is better than anyone else or that person is better than anyone else. It's just that it's God's pleasure to take a stick and anoint it and make that stick to be a spokesman for the kingdom. I first started preaching when I was seven years old. My grandmother pastored a church called Stockton Temple, and I was the I ministered in there at seven years old. And I remember the first sermon that I preached. I preached about going down this road and how that there was a choice of two kinds of road, the, the narrow road and the broad road. And, and I remember preaching that message at seven years old uh, in, at the uh, Stockton Temple Church uh, that was uh, pretty well full of people at the time, and uh, of which my grandmother, who was a total saint of God, uh, ministered there. My grandmother truly was a saint of God, and she was a prophetess, and of all of the family, <clears throat> I seemed to be the only one of the children, of the five children, that was interested in the spiritual things of my grandmother. And she would say to me, Jerry, let's pray. And she would spread out a blanket on the floor, and we would sit down. And I was given a book uh, to write in. And she would begin to receive things from the Lord. And I would write down these things that she received. And I wrote down uh, books and books and books. Many of these books I still have to this day. Of the things that I wrote down when my grandmother was receiving this, these words and these various uh, prophecies uh, and what a saint of God that she was. When I was 12 years old, uh, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And shortly after that, uh, in my room at 2553 East Minor Avenue, Stockton, California, a house that was bought for my grandmother by her sister for us kids who had been um, taken and put in foster homes and who my grandmother came back from San Francisco and got us out of the foster homes and got her sister to put up the money to buy this house so that uh, the welfare would accept 
uh, us um, being able to go and be with her and live together again. Now, my father died when I was six years old, and or somewhere around that age, uh, maybe a little uh, older than that, but somewhere around that age. And um, uh, I remember he was cremated, and they brought his ashes to our house uh, when we lived on Lafayette Street in Stockton, California. Anyway, after this 12-year-old, uh, uh, 12-year-old experience of the Holy Baptism, not long after that, I was asleep in that house on 2553 East Minor Avenue when I was awakened by an angel standing at the end of my bed. Now, I, rem- I remember so well being awakened, not asleep, and I sat up uh, uh, in, in bed, and I was terrified that this will look like a man standing at the end of the bed, and he had a little, little small mustache over his, his uh, lip, top lip, and he did not look at me. He was looking like toward the wall instead of looking at me. But somehow I knew that he understood everything I was thinking, and I could feel that my thoughts were going into him. And as I was looking at him, and so terrified, and and don't think that that is not Bible. In almost every case, or in many of the cases, in the uh, Bible, where angels appeared unto people, the angels would always say to the people, Fear not, fear not. Because uh, a lot of people at, uh, in the Old Testament thought that if they would ever see God or see an angel, that they would die. Well, I never had that idea, but just the idea of this angel being in the room and at first not even knowing it was an angel uh, was terrifying to me just as a young 12-year-old boy. As I was there in bed and the angels were still looking toward the window, which was, was, was to my left side as I laid in bed, I began to levitate on the bed. And my body came up off the mattress. And I came up, and I was uh, in suspension in the air. And, and all of a sudden, my body began to move with an incredible rapidity, with an incredible speed, toward the wall and the window. And I thought, in just an instant flash, this was my end. For some reason, I was being destroyed by the power of this man. But I went right through the wall and right through the window because somehow I had dematerialized and I passed through the window and the, and the wall as uh, part of the wall and, and part of the window as, as, uh, as atoms. And when I got on the other side, uh, my body came back together. I, I, I was uh, reticulated back to the body. And the angel was standing there uh, next to me, and he didn't speak, but he, he spoke with his mind, and he said, follow me. <coughs> Excuse me. I began to follow him, and uh, he went to the corner, and there was a street sign there. And he looked up at the street sign, and he said, Jerry, follow the signs. 
And I'm thinking, why would I follow the signs of just a, a street sign? And he walked to another block and to another street sign. And he kept saying that every time he came to a sign and to another street sign and to another. And then he walked around till he got back to the house. And, and um, he says, um, I'm sending you back to your room. I will come again. And suddenly I was back into my, my uh, bedroom and in bed. <clears throat> and I remember just covering my whole self up with covers and fell asleep. In the morning I told my grandmother uh, the dream. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't tell her that it was real because I didn't want her to uh, to think maybe I was just lying. So I just said it was a dream, but I knew it was real. And uh, then after I told it to her, she says, well, Jerry, that sounds like more than a dream. And I says, well, it kind of was, Grandma. So then from that time, I kept expecting this angel to come back. <clears throat> and every night, I prayed, and I asked God that the angel would not come yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I prayed, I prayed that um, uh, that the angel would not come because I was just too too terrified uh, to to have it come. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, as I um, kept praying for this angel not to come, eventually the thought of it coming just left me and it went away. And the angel did not come back. <coughs> and years and years went by. And um, I got into a large music business and um, um, was very successful. It was, a, it was a major business. I used to uh, get um, pianos delivered by the uh, uh, rail uh, uh, boxcar loads. And um, I was up on the mezzanine, and the Lord spoke to me in an audible voice. I, I could hear it. I was hear it just thundering and rippling throughout the whole building. And he said, I hand you a dove, you shall go to Canada. <clears throat> the Lord then shortly after showed me that before I went to Canada, I would go to Spokane, Washington for a, a period of several months uh, to minister. While I was in Spokane, um, I had some incredible angelic experiences. I was sitting out in the backyard on a lawn chair and my family was out in the back playing and my wife was out there. And all of a sudden, some of the kids and my wife begin to uh, yell and say, what's happening, what's happening? And uh, they said that these colors came down over my body and I had a coat of many colors put on me. And they didn't see an angel, 
but they felt that there was a presence of someone standing by me as I sat in that chair. And um, then shortly after, uh, this person appeared, and they began to describe him. And they described the little, uh, you know, mustache above the lip. And um, I knew immediately that that was the angel that appeared to me when I was 12 years old. My wife also later went into the house, and this angel appeared to her and was walking in the uh, hallway toward our bedroom, and she screamed and it disappeared. Later, a few days later, we were asleep, and I woke because I heard someone walking outside in the gravel road and whistling. I still remember the whistle. I never forget it. And that was many, 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 many years ago. And Jan woke up and said, what is it? What is it? I said, don't go back to sleep. It's okay. She said, no, I want to know what it is. I said, there's an angel walking outside. I said, listen. And then she heard the angel whistling. And could hear it walking. And she says, well, Jerry, are you going to go out and talk with him? And I said, oh, no. I said, I don't know what might be involved if I do that. They might want me to go with them. And I don't, I don't want to leave here. I, I want to finish my job, my mission. So I wouldn't go. I'm sure some people would call me chicken. And maybe I was, but that wasn't the feeling I had at the time. <clears throat> Not long after that, we were getting ready for our move to, um, to Canada. And we had bought pickup trucks, and we had bought this um, a tra small trailer. Uh, not, well, it's a fairly good-sized trailer to pull our goods in. And we had it already prepared. There was like a little bed in there, and, and it was all set up. <clears throat> and one night, uh, Janet, my wife, and I were sleeping. And uh, someone uh, began to shake her, and uh, and she woke and said, uh, "Why why are you shaking me, uh, Jerry?" And I and I woke up and I says, uh, "What what?" And she says, "Why are you shaking me?" I said, "Honey, I, I'm not shaking you. I haven't touched you." She said, "Well, someone was shaking me." And then she says, "Oh, there!" And over toward the door, this light. And of a figure just went on through the door and out of the room. So she was saying, what do you think this means? And I says, well, you know, we had that prophecy that uh, there was to be a manifest revealed to me. So maybe that's what this is. So maybe I'm, I'm supposed to be alone. So how about tomorrow night I will sleep out in the trailer and then if anything happens it will if it doesn't happen well it, it won't so the next night I went and I slept out in the trailer I didn't fast I didn't do any special prayer this is my regular prayer because I 
am still of this day of the nature to believe that there is nothing that I can do to merit or to earn these things of God. They are done by the grace of God, by the by the 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 love of God, and there is nothing that I could do to earn it or to be worthy more than anyone else to have these experiences and to receive these uh, things. So I went to sleep within a short time out there in the trailer. And then I was awakened by this very bright light that was like in my eyes. And when I woke up, there was this sheen of light, like a curtain, that was about two feet out from my bed and went all the way across the length of the trailer. And I sat up on the bed, my feet dangling down to the floor. I could reach out and touch the light if I would be so mine to do it. And at one point, I did decide to touch the light, to feel it. And when I started to reach out and touch it, this voice spoke and said, Do not touch the light. You are not clean. Do not touch it. And so, I didn't touch the light. <clears throat> and his voice began to speak, saying, I am Gabriel, and I have come to re deliver to you the Holy Manifest. And it shall be that when you wake that you will not remember these things I have planted in your mind. But in the days of the Manifest, these words will come back in parts and pieces, and you will write them down in a book that you shall put together called the Holy Manifest. Now let me make clear that everything that I write, like in blogs and and in some of my books, not everything that I write is something that is directly come from the Holy Manifest. The Holy Manifest is a book all of its own, different from the Peace Bible, different from many of the other um, uh, books that I've written, although there has much been borrowed from the Holy Manifest and put into some of these books. But it's not just completely uh, only the things that were given to me you know, and then I remembered them. Well, uh, years went by, and I did not remember anybody. And uh, pardon me, I did not remember anything. And um, oh, there were people waiting for me that were, uh, you know, uh, spiritual friends, and they had heard about me going into the um, trailer to wait on the Lord, and they were there the next day. And they were wanting to know what I had received. And I said, well, I, I, I received the manifest. And they says, oh, praise God. So what, what did it say? I said, well, I don't know. I can't remember any of it. It was put in my mind, but I can't remember any of it. You can't remember any of it. And that was just hard for me to tell and hard for people to, to swallow. And then they says, well, what did Gabriel look like? I says, I have no idea. I said, uh, I, I, I can't remember any of these things, and I never saw him because he was behind this veil of light. Well, years went by, many years, and uh, I did not uh, remember any of the things. And one evening, uh, living, uh, having been to Canada and come back to Indiana and living in this beautiful place that God had showed us to, to be, uh, I was getting ready to go to bed that night. <clears throat> my wife was already in bed. 
and I reached up to turn off the light, and when I turned off the light, I felt this warm liquid flowing through my brain. And it was like as if there was two hands that had been put on my head, and that was that had caused this warm uh, liquid or fluid to be flowing in, in my brain. And this information began to come up in my mind. And all of a sudden, these words, when the electrovibatic waves of the soundtron are electro-synchronized uh, and the internal and external particles of fire, uh, circuits are produced that the angels travel on faster than the speed of light. I have never heard, I had never heard such words before. I didn't even know what some of those words meant. And I fumbled to turn on the light and to find a piece of paper and pen. And my wife said, what is it, honey? What is it? I said, please don't talk. I've, I've received some manifests. I've got to write it down. She got up and helped me find a pen and paper. I began to write down those first things that was said. And from that time on, I began to receive the Holy Manifest Revelation. Now, if there's any of you people, now by the time I get done telling you all of these things, that you find it just incredible to believe, I would not hold that against you at all. I think that if I was in your position and someone had told me all the things they're about to hear that I'm going to tell you, that it would probably be have been, and there have been times in my life, it would have been very difficult for me to receive and believe it. Uh, so, so I totally accept you for believing or, or having difficulty believing it and do not hold anything against you whatsoever. But I'm going to tell you these things and they are true and they really happen and they were witnessed by other people in many of the cases. So then um, after uh, we went to Canada and we had the incredible experiences, uh, all the prophecies and all the things that we were told would happen, they all happened. They were incredible, beautiful things. And then when we were finished, we were told we were to come back uh, to the States and we were to first go to Oregon and then we were to later go to uh, to Indiana and we were described what the buildings would look like uh, and uh, approximately their location and we were to find them within seven days and we found them on the seventh day. And that's another whole story, quite extensive, all of its own. Okay, now, um, after we had finished being in Canada and finished our mission, the God sa said to us we were to go to, on to Indiana, and we would be there till we had finished our mission there. And uh, during that time, I opened another uh, big music business, a chain of music businesses. Um, I had not thought that I would open a music business. Uh, I had been ministering in um, Roseville, uh, and and uh, God had sent me to there to minister, and then I came back from Roseville, California, to Indiana, and then while I was there with the family in this big, uh, huge, um, uh, used to be a, a mansion that was built by uh, Senator Landers from Indiana, uh, we Jen came in and said, "There's something really strange going on in this in this big living room area." And, and she said, come and take a look. And so I went in, and from the ceiling, there were these areas where there was this substance that was dripping down from the ceiling and dripping onto the floor. And so I, I took my finger and put it into that substance, 
was sort of sticky. I put it up to my mouth and tongue, and it was honey. And I said, Jan, there's a sign that God is getting ready to give us. Those are bees. And they have somehow gotten in between the ceiling and the roof. And they've made honeycombs up there. And, and God is allowing this honeycomb to come and to make this impression in the ceiling. But it's an artwork that is not finished. And, and there is something that is going to form. And there's going to be a, 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 a symbol or a, or, or a, a representation of, of a sign that uh, to us of what we are to do. Well, as we put pops down to catch the honey drips. And uh, that was just one of the first uh, experiences that we had with honey. Later, we would have uh, many other uh, signs of honey. Honey appearing on cups uh, and uh, honey appearing in, in, in different ways. Sometimes just honey would suddenly uh, come onto our tongue. Different different ones of us have come onto our tongues, and we, we've had all kinds of experiences with honey. But on this particular one, after about uh, a couple of weeks or or longer, that honey formed an absolutely perfect music note on the ceiling. And it was an eighth note, and and it was just absolutely perfectly formed on the ceiling, and I I understood that to mean. That uh, that we were to go, I was to go back into the music business. So I got back into the music business, and we had been in it for some time. We had several stores. We even had <coughs> concessions in in a whole bunch of the Sears stores. Plus, we had freestanding stores. And I was in one of our the really big freestanding stores that had about ten thousand square feet, and I think there was one hundred and fifty pianos and maybe that many or more guitars and all kinds of other things in there. And I was standing in there one day, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. And the Lord spoke to me and said, You are to go approximately a hundred miles from here. And you are to go there and live there and minister there. And, and, and this is how you will know when you see the place. And he told us the direction that we were to go. He said, When you see the place... He said, uh, you're to go south about 100 miles. And when you see the place, you see this little town. He said, there is a statue there that is likened to the Statue of Liberty. And that will be your sign that you have found the place that I am speaking to you of. So then, when we could, we got ourselves ready and we left. And we went uh, at that approximate 100 miles. And we found... Uh, this place called Madison, Indiana. And when we got into that city, sure enough, uh, there out in front of the courthouse was a, a Statue of Liberty up upon this concrete pillar. And it, and it was holding um, uh, in its one hand this sort of Statue of Liberty thing. And in the other hand, it was holding, I, I believe I'm remembering right, it's been quite a while, is holding a book. And I knew, because the other things the Lord said, I was, that is where I was to write a, a, a good part of the Holy Manifest, was in Madison. So, we were there in Madison, and we found this, this uh, building, an, uh, a, a sort of old building right on the main street, and we opened it up, and we opened another music store there, and we began to run that store. While we were in that store, sometimes we would, we would, um, the family would go downstairs 
and we would all uh, get around one of the pianos and we would sing. And one time we were singing about the presence of the Lord is in this place and holy ground. And as we were singing those songs, all of a sudden someone looked up and said, Something's happening. There, there's some smoke or something happening in the ceiling. There, there, there must be a fire. There's smoke or something. And I looked up and the whole ceiling was filled with Shekinah glory. I knew it was not smoke and I knew what it was. It was Shekinah glory and it was, it filled the whole ceiling. And, and that was the beginning of an incredible ministry that happened in that little town. And we lived upstairs above the store. And, and I would sit there, and the Spirit would come on me, and I would write for the hours and hours and hours as I received the Holy Manifest, uh, for the Holy Manifest book. And during that time, uh, the power of God would, 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 would flash in flashes, uh, just incredible flashes, uh, and, and, uh, and big balls like of yellow would bounce around and and uh, Shekinah glory would come down into the room and would just uh, fill parts of the room to where you couldn't see maybe the door or or in one case there was a staircase going up to the third uh, floor and it would it would come and linger around that staircase so I'd written a lot of the manifest and I had it in a book and this one time uh, after many, many other episodes, the Holy uh, Spirit in Shekinah glory, presence of God, came down over this staircase. And the Lord spoke and said, take the manifest book and take it up to the seventh step. So the whole family knew what I was doing. There was, there's them, plus there were some other visitors there. And um, they, they all saw the Shekinah glory. And, and they, they saw what was happening. I be, as I began to walk up the steps, uh, I began to demat, part of my body dematerialize. And one of my daughters started screaming because she thought that God was getting ready to take me away. And my wife grabbed onto her and hold her, held her and said, it's okay, honey, it's okay. Uh, and that was my daughter, Bim, that that happened to. And the other kids were there and they all saw this. And, uh, and, and and I got up to the seventh uh, floor and and uh, I could feel this this uh, trembling in my body and and uh, and I didn't know that I was dematerialized, uh, but all the other people could see that I that I was I was you know, mostly uh, parts of me just vaporized. So I knew that I was to invite all the family one by one to go up to the seventh stair where I had set down the book and have this uh, holy uh, experience uh, going up the stairs through the Shekinah glory. And as each of these persons began to go up the stairs, incredible things happened. Uh, a couple of them, as they got on the first step, their body began to elongate. And their body began to grow until they were like eight feet tall. And we were just all sitting there in astonishment as we were watching these transfigurations take place on these bodies. And, and seeing these bodies grow like that, it was just absolutely incredible. And, and then some of the people uh, would, would have parts of their bodies would just dematerialize. And they all felt this experience and and 
all, and, and some of the people uh, came down. My wife had these these uh, colors on her fingers that would would shoot out, uh, and these different colors would come out of her fingers. And we all sat down there just waiting upon the Lord. And then someone said to me, um, "Your face has turned totally white; is phosphorus." And and then as I began to looking at the others. I could see that their faces were turning phosphorus white. And I mean a really, really white. And we sat there all experiencing this for hours and hours and hours. And, um, and, uh, finally I said, look, we've got to, we've got, we've got to just go to bed and, and, uh, we've got to get our sleep and our rest. And, and, uh, they said, well, what about all this Shekinah glory that's on us? And I said, God knows we're human. God, God has us on us for a reason, and we'll just go to sleep, and we're in the we're in the hands of God. So we went to sleep, but when we woke up the next morning, this phosphorus white was still on our faces. And as it got close to nine o'clock a.m. in the morning, when we opened the business, I said to one of the family, I said, "You have to write a sign and put on there that we will not be open." Uh, till after lunch today, uh, because we cannot open like this. If people see us with this, these phosphorus faces of ours, uh, it's going to freak them out and the word will get out to all the town and it'll just do nothing but cause trouble and ridicule. So we waited and opened late that day and little by little the, the phosphorus white began to leave our faces. Um, there were many other experiences that we had. One of the experiences was was this incredible thing of um, of being in our bedroom, my wife and I, and these balls begin to bouncing on the ceiling, and uh, and then uh, one of the walls, uh, the one beyond the end of the bed, we we were we were backed up against one wall, and then uh, from the end of the bed and across was the other wall. The other wall began to open up. Just about that time as it began to open up and, and like it was space, you could see right through it in space, uh, there was a knock on the door. And I said, who is it? Who is it? And it was my daughter, Star, and she says, Dad, we, we, we children know there's something going on in there, and we beg you, we beg you, please, we don't want to miss it. Please allow us to come in. And I said, Star, this is too incredible right now. It may, might be too much for you. I don't, I, I'm, maybe you shouldn't come in. She says, please, Dad, please don't, don't let us miss out on this. So I thought, well, you know, I can't let them miss out. So Jan agreed, and we opened the door, and we told them, you cannot talk. You cannot say anything. You have to just watch. They all got up, set up on top of the bed, and they all watched as the wall began to open. And you could see through the wall, and you could see the, the starry heaven. And, and we began to see all kinds of signs and wonders as we sat there and having these experiences. Now, these things happen more than once. And they happen uh, in the uh, audience of other people uh, that saw them and witnessed them and knew that they weren't just dreams, that there were real things that, that, that people could see and could witness uh, of the Shekinah glory. Of, of of the power and the the presence of God. So we have had quite uh, a life. We've had a lot of experiences 
if you think that is the tally of them, that doesn't hardly scratch the surface. And I'm going to tell you more, but uh, I just want you to know that that these things uh, uh, have happened. And um, I want you to know because perhaps some of you, uh, you'll say, oh, well, now that I know all this, uh, you know, this scares me away uh, from here. Uh, you know, I, we will understand if that's the case. It scares you away. It just does. And we love you anyway. Uh, but we're just telling you the truth. Uh, these things that have happened. We had many incredible experiences there in, Man- uh, in Madison. Until we, we, and when we would... When we would would drive from Madison back to uh, the um, uh, Landers property that that we were living at, there was uh, quite a few acreage there, and and uh, and there had been all kinds of signs and wonders there. People from the town had seen uh, uh, fiery angels over over the house, and and and. Uh, like uh, glories uh, and things like that over over the house, and they would get on the phone. And they would call and say, "What's going on up there? What's happening? We're seeing all of these things, and some of them saw angels, and and uh, uh, so it, lots of things happened. But when we would go and we would we would spend the weekend uh, for the church services there uh, uh, in Indiana at the Landers Estate, then we would drive back. And I had a van, and I had, uh, you know, the family, plus there was visitors, and we would drive back. And on several occasions, several, uh, they would be looking, some of them, through the rear window, and they would say, uh, uh, Dad or Jerry, th- there's, a, there's a UFO following us. It, it, it can clearly see it. There, there's lights flashing around it. So I looked in my rearview mirror, and um, uh, I couldn't really get a good sighting of it, so I decided just to pull over. So I pulled over, and all of us got out, and sure enough, it stopped right up there, not that far from us, but up in the air, pretty high. And it stood there. You could see uh, the the whole uh, uh, UFO, or we call them Zith. You could clearly see it, and 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 we knew it was there, and they knew we were we where we were, and I got back in the car and I took off, and it started following us, and uh, every time I would stop, it would stop. Every time I went forward, it would go forward, sort of like that thing in Ezekiel, you know. Uh, when I stopped, it stopped. When I turned, it turned. Uh, it was it was an incredible experience. It was a literal thing, and we've had a lot of experiences in seeing. Uh, the UFOs, which I'll get into more after I finish uh, uh, more of the things I want to say about these angel experiences. So, on these uh, angel experiences that w- that we have had, that have been so absolutely incredible, beyond what anyone could imagine. <coughs> the beautiful part of it is that other people uh, saw and witnessed them. It wasn't just like one person. But other people saw them. Uh, one of the things that we did in one of the church services was we, when we had taught that our spirit, our spirit inside our bodies is the angel of our presence. And it is the spirit that was, uh, existed before the foundations of this world. Uh, Job 38 tells about the morning stars that sing together for joy. <coughs> 
excuse me. We were a part of that of that glory of that group. Now we are here in uh, mortal bodies and uh, and uh, working our way through the fall uh, in order to become uh, uh, rejuvenated uh, to our former status as ophanims again. Uh, when I was doing this meeting, and I was I was sharing with people because people would say, people would say, uh, there there is something that keeps coming out from your body, and and it's like a spirit, but it 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 has a form that it it looks it looks like you, but it's out from the from the side of your body. It's not the whole form of of the person, but it it is comes out from the body and it looks like you and and I says well that's the that's the spirit of my presence and 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 it can do that it can it can come out from the body it can actually leave the body for a short period of time without the body dying but but the body cannot live without the spirit but it can live for a, a period of time without it <clears throat> so uh, I, I I said now for the sake of you so that you can believe this, uh, I feel led to demonstrate to you uh, how that the spirit of the body is subject to the to the prophet of the body, and I said I'm I'm going to ask my spirit to rise up through my body up through my head and to go all of the way up and touch the ceiling and then come back into my body, and so everyone was there and everyone saw it and they saw this spirit. Uh, of my body go up and 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 it was like like an elongated uh perpendicular aura uh of spirit that went up all the way touched the body now i said the thing that i've always worried about and been concerned about is that all these miracles that people see happening in my body and all the things that they're seeing that they will think that somehow i'm a god or uh, i'm a guru or I'm something special. And I don't want anybody to, to have that idea. Because if you do, you will destroy this ministry. I'm just like you. I'm just the stick that God has chosen uh, to do his work through. I'm nothing special. I'm not better than anybody else. Uh, I'm just the stick he's chosen uh, to anoint. And, and so I'm going to ask for ten people to come and line up in the front. And I'm going to ask that... God will allow the spirit of each person's um, uh, angel to rise up out of their bodies in the same way that it happened to me, and other people will be able to see it as the spirit goes all the way up in this, uh, uh, you know, elongated aura and touches the ceiling and then comes back down. So ten people came up there, and every one of those persons had that experience the crowd uh, in the church seeing it, witnessing it, people shouting, people crying, people singing, and and then now hang in there. I'll blow you into eternity. You know, I'm telling you facts that have happened. Uh, some of these things we have on film, uh, they're incredible experiences. Uh, so um, I said, I said um, to, to to the people, I said, now I'm going to do something. And I said, I hope this doesn't just blow you away, but I want to show you how powerful this whole thing uh, is. I'm going to have this my spirit come out of my body, and I'm going to have it go and stand 
on the on on the on the um, the grand piano, and I'm going to have it uh, uh, personify as a little small figure of a man, and have it dancing, uh, and you'll be able to from your chairs see this little spirit man dancing on the grand piano and see this incredible miracle before your very eyes. And I said that, and within a short while, this spinning began to happen on top of the piano. And it kept spinning and getting faster and faster, and pretty soon it took on this form of this little person dancing on the piano. And it went on for a good little while, and then the spirit, of course, had to come back into my body. Uh, uh, so... It's, it's a type of transfiguration. It's a type of of uh, revealing the real power of of the uh, difference that we have as a, a characterized uh, entity of, of the spirit, and how that that is differentiated from our flesh body, which is a temporal body. It's just a house. It is a house. It is not the who we are. Uh, we like to a lot of times give it the credit that that is who we are, but the body is temporal. And, and, and the Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. So flesh and blood is never going to heaven. It will go to the, to the Father's house because that's a physical place. And, and people will live there in physical bodies. But, but it will not go to the first domain, the heaven of heavens, which is pure energy and, and, and nothing of flesh and blood can abide there. <coughs> so, We've had um, all of these uh, different experiences that are just absolutely outstanding, uh, just uh, almost beyond belief. And if we hadn't had witnesses uh, to see them, uh, it would have been a tale uh, told, but one hard to believe. But but uh, we've, we've had witnesses and we've had, oh my, we've had so, 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 so many experiences and and uh, it's just incredible, um, uh, as as um, to the many other things that we've had happen. <clears throat> one of the things that we had happen is um, in one of the services, uh, I began to transfigure uh, to to transfigure before the people, and my forehead and my face turned into a face uh, uh, of of a. Um, uh, uh, an Artersian, uh, you know, um, android uh, uh, robot uh, pilot, <coughs> and we got pictures of it. And I, I even have had it on our blogs. Uh, the picture, I believe, I have had that on there, of of that experience. And it is is far out, but it's real. And you could touch it, and it was there, and and uh, you could see. Uh, the eyes and the face and 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 right on top of my forehead and and you can see that it was absolutely uh, incredible uh, transfiguration. So so um, uh, hang and hold. Uh, I I see uh, it looked like we had a couple people come on and a couple people leave off. Uh, this stuff is heavy duty for some people. I don't know if it terrify them to death. We don't want to do that. But we're going to tell this story. And whoever it singes, it singes. And whoever it, it, it glorifies, it glorifies. Because these are real, true experiences 
and and they've happened. Uh, we've seen uh, pillars traveling down the road. We've seen pillars that were reached all the way up to the sky of Shekinah glory in the form of a pillar. And uh, we've seen that more than once. Uh, in the place where we were having these meetings in B.C., British Columbia, we, um, in one of the meeting places, I said, I said, um, I believe that God is going to give us uh, two signs. Uh, there's going to be an unusual orange sky. And I said, there's going to be uh, uh, some some uh, Zith UFO squadrons that are going to peer over our church here. And so uh, uh, some of the people went out and took photographs, and they were able to take photographs, and, and we still have the picture of the of the uh, Ziths or the UFOs uh, that were there, and we still have the picture of the sky of of orange uh, that happened at that time, and. Um, uh, those are just in, incredible things, just almost beyond uh, belief, but but not any more unusual than back in Indiana when uh, I was um, uh, told to make this place called the Holy Spot, and it was to be a symbol to show that that God does concentrate His power sometimes, like in the burning bush, uh, like in uh, a particular area where he uh, demonstrates his power his love his healing his miracles and I was standing on this holy spot and the and the spirit of God came on me and there were um, there was about uh, I think somewhere between 12 to 15 people that brought tape recorders to tape record uh, the session that was going to happen on the holy spot and when the word began to come forth no none of the tape recorders would record it. There was so much energy in it. None of the tape recorders except the tape recorder of my grandmother, my saint grandmother. Uh, she was holding this tape recorder, and her tape recorder recorded it, but no one else's was able to record it. The, 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 the electrical energy of it was just too great. And, and as I began to prophesy, all of a sudden, this prophecy came to me, and, and the Lord said, said, Behold now, I will show you my power. And I will show you, uh, uh, because there is a person in here who I am speaking to, and I'm going to give you this sign so that you will be a believer because, because you are afraid and you do not believe these things. But now I'm going to give you a sign, for I'm going to cause the thunder and the lightning to happen. And the lightning is going to come down and strike the oak tree up at the top of the driveway outside, and it's going to break it off and set it on fire. And as soon as I said that last word, bam, there was a strike of thunder and lightning that hit so terrifically that our building just shook. And, and, and uh, uh, when we went outside, it had struck the, uh, the oak tree up at the top of the driveway and broke it off and set it on fire, torched it. And, and it was exactly happening as the prophecy from the Holy Spot said. Uh, we that have seen these things, we that have lived these things, we that have experienced this holy word and have experienced the angels and experienced the ziths uh, can never be made to not believe, can never turn back 
to the old ideas and the old traditions. Uh, there is nothing that draws us there anymore. We don't in any way put any of these things down. That's not for us to judge. But we do know that the, the staircase that God has taken us up is a holy divine staircase. <clears throat> it's, it's full of the love of God. Uh, it's full of the divine aura of God. And it's all about not giving praise to any man, but giving praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. And giving the glory to God, and not trying to take any personal glory ourselves for these things that God is doing, for God is moving by His Spirit, moving in this holy land of Revelation. Now, there of course are many more angelic experiences too many to to tell about tonight uh but i want to get to uh the um ufos the 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 ziths as we call them zith is spelled z z i t h or z z i t h s this and they come from a hebrew word uh abbreviated hebrew word that means fringe like the fringe of space. <clears throat> Excuse me just a moment. Now, I told you that, or maybe I didn't, at age 16, when I was traveling in uh, the automobile, my grandmother was driving, and I was looking out through the window, and uh, I, I, had this, I had the things of God on my mind, but not UFOs or flying saucers. I didn't know the name uh, at, right at that time of Zeth. <clears throat> but um, um, I, all of a sudden I saw these UFOs flash by. And I, I thought, oh my, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. And uh, I, I kept seeing these up in the sky flashing by. And then I thought, now wait a minute. Maybe that is the headlights of cars that is reflecting on my window and I'm actually seeing that on the window and not really seeing it so I rolled down my window and then I could still see them and they also came in formations B shapes L shapes, other kind of shapes from that time on I've had many experiences with with, uh, UFOs um one came down on our property in Indiana. Uh, we have um, a um, affidavit written by uh, two persons that saw it, and uh, eventually, w- once we get our new um, um, website going, we're going to be able to publish some of these pictures and some of these things on it. <coughs> right now, we just don't have the tools and everything that we need to do this. And that is why we are trying so diligently to get the things going with the Peace Bible and some of these things so that we, uh, and I'm sorry to put this in here, but just explain to you what we're doing. We're trying to get get uh, it going so that we have the finances so that we can <coughs> get all the software and, and all the um, uh, computer 
uh, hardware that we need um, to, to, to get this message out in a professional way. And also to, to do, uh, uh, you know, sound recordings. And, and we're going to uh, be able to edit the videos. We're going to be able to edit the audios right on the spot. Um, and we're going to have a person sitting here, here who's a sound engineer that is going to edit these. But we first have to get the equipment. And, and so we're, we're waiting on the Lord for that. Uh, God, God's going to provide it. God is good. But anyway, uh, when that day comes, we have pictures, we have recordings, uh, we have probably over a thousand audios, hundreds and hundreds of videos, uh, that eventually, you know, we want to get, uh, on the site and make available to people. <clears throat> it is not any small thing. And there are over 50 books that I have written. I usually just say 30 because 50 sounds so ridiculous. But there are is a huge variety that is available uh, that once we get uh, the help that we need, we're going to be able to start getting this out and for the public <coughs> and for the followers of, of, of this message. Now, um, once while I was in B.C., uh, I was in the house, and this streak of yellow light came through the uh, glass door window and all the way up into the the room where I could see a portion of it. And I thought, what is that? So I got up, and I walked over, and I followed that light outside. And when I got outside, the whole backyard was 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 this brilliant yellow. And, and and like it was a brilliant yellow sunlight, but but quite quite uh, you know uh, distinct. And so I thought, well, now wait a minute, maybe this is just you know a phenomena of the sun here. So the sun was over in the the western part of the sky, and we had these um, uh, these buildings uh, that were um, uh, little sort of fancy add-ons that jutted out from the building. So I thought, well, if this is the sun, I'm going to go around to the other side where this building juts out, and if it's the sun doing that, then it can't reach uh, down in on the, on the side, uh, down on the floor uh, of the porch, uh, because, you know, the building blocks it out. So when I went around on the other side, that yellow uh, light was right there, it had felt it. Well, one of, the, one, one of the youngsters was watching from up above in the second story of the building. And he opened the window, and I says, oh, I said, can you see this? He said, yeah, he says, I've been watching it. He says, it's incredible. He said, it's incredible. He said, where's that, where's that, that coming from? And I said, well, something's getting ready to happen. So I, I went in, and I told the family, I said, come on out to the porch. Something's getting ready to happen. So we went out and we sat on the porch, and and then it was incredible. Uh, I call it a, a, an armada, an armada of of UFOs or as we call them ziths, began to pass over, and uh, they were in all kinds of formations, and uh, there was several of us that sat there and watched it. Um, uh, I don't know if anyone else in the area. There was nothing reported. Uh, it would may have been that you know. Other people's eyes were were withholden, uh, just like it 
gives examples of in the Bible. I don't know, but I know we were there and we were wide awake, and there was a, a bunch of us, and we and, and we sat there and we watched these formations. And it, and it just went on and on and on for about an hour or more of them passing over uh, this tremendous formation of, of Ziths and in all these different uh, styles that they, that they passed over. Uh, we went as a family up to um, the north, uh, and uh, we we, um, uh, we were in the Northwest Territories in Canada. And we were driving along in the daytime. And this other thing that I just told you about was in the daytime also. It wasn't at night. It was right right in the middle of the daytime. But anyway, it was daytime. And I was looking out the window and I began to see these uh, UFOs or Ziths, as we call them again. And they were in formations. And they were just, I mean, there was just hundreds of them. So we pulled over the, the van and the whole family got out and we watched. We must have watched there for an hour or two, as these uh, ZIFs were, were flying over. Um, I can't tell you all of our UFO experiences, our uh, ZIF experiences. Um, I can't tell you, um, you know, every experience um, of the one that this, um, um, uh, well, I just for your sake, I'll just call it a, a virtual experience where this, Zith uh, 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 landed on our front. Uh, had a good size uh, lawn out there because we had acres uh, that we lived, and this big uh, mansion was up on a hill. And uh, and this um, uh, we called him the saucer man got out, and he came and and uh, I met with him. I touched him. I, I, uh, I noted that that he had a. Uh, his body was warmer than humans. It's like their blood pressure was higher, uh, not sick wise, but just just a higher kind of blood pressure. And uh, took him up to the uh, the uh, hill, and uh, we had a star map there, and he was pointing on the star map and revealing different things on this star map uh, that I had never at that time known, uh, although I'd already known about Ziths and and Arturian things, but not uh, to the extent of this map. And um, so um, uh, that experience was absolutely incredible. Uh, we've we've had other experiences in which uh, I have been invited to, to go up. Uh, I have never uh, uh, been willing to, to go and to join with these fellows. Um, I know some of them by name. Uh, I've had communion with them, uh, communication with them. Um, I know that sounds far out, but I have a book that is all but finished and is written on the uh, Father's house, the Artursians. And you have to understand that the Artursians are not some kind of exotic creatures from uh, outer space, that they are humans just like us. And they are originally from this planet, they were offspring of Enoch, and um, during the flood, uh, uh, there was only eight people saved by water, but there were several hundreds of people that were saved by air and were carried away uh, to the Little Dipper, where the Father's house is located, in Urja Minor, and and uh, they lived there 
uh, and and there's like over a billion uh, of the Arturians on that planet right now, and um, uh, they are very advanced, far more advanced than people on Earth. And Jesus said that when uh, a certain time comes, uh, that is is uh, toward the end of time, that he is going to send his angels. Uh, to, into the sky, to the four corners of, of, of the skies of the world. And, and they are going to, uh, begin to collect, uh, the, the elect and, and the destinata. And they're, they're going to take them up in these, these crafts that are in the air, of which the Bible says in Revelations, the angels will preach the everlasting gospel in the skies. And, and they're in these zists. They fly them because they take physical bodies. The angels do. And besides that, the Arturians will also be coming, uh, just like the example of the 20,000 uh, Arturians that in the 68th chapter, I believe it is, of Psalms, came down over uh, uh, the mount uh, when Moses was there receiving the law. And and the, those were all called by a special name that no other angel group in the entire Bible was called. Uh, in, in, and... Um, you can find the message in the blogs. Uh, uh, you know, you can check that out and, and, and read these messages because they're quite incredible stories. Uh, anyway, uh, th- this, this whole revelation is being written in a book, being finished in a book that will be so incredible. It will tell, give details. Uh, um, and and uh, I, I know what the Ziths, uh, the Ziths look like inside. I know how they operate. Um, I've offered that when 20,000 people uh, sign up uh, on the this uh, one particular uh, blog that I, I uh, offer at the top of our of our um, uh, website uh, information area, the pomegranate blog. When 20,000 people signed up, I'm going to reveal uh, the engineering and the mathematics uh, and a whole bunch of information about uh, these, uh, uh, we don't call them UFOs because that means unidentified objects, but these identified objects called the Zis, uh, you know, we're going, to, we're going to reveal that. And so, uh, yes, there has been contact. Yes, there has been things uh, that are so, um, so traveled, uh, of experience, uh, out of the body experiences, yes, uh, my spirit has been on and in this, uh, not my body, uh, but my spirit. Um, someday, uh, when I finish the work and I know that I've got it done, uh, then I'd be willing to take the body experience, uh, trip. But I, I know these Ziths uh, people. Um, I know Kawa and I know TTTT and a whole pile of these different ones. And I know that it's nothing for them to take off at many times the speed of light and uh, and not get back for a couple of years. And I'm I'm not wanting to be part of that. I intend to stay here and finish this job, finish this message, get this teaching out to the world and uh, I want you to know that some of the top scientists uh, not just but a few years ago like like uh, 
uh, Stephen Hawking and, and, and Dr. Green were, were not endorsing that there was life on other planets. But now they are endorsing that, and they are also endorsing that there is, uh, must be uh, other extraterrestrials uh, in the uh, universe. And they are even saying that unless the, uh, the Earth people expand and get out and away from the Earth, and, and begin to uh, live on satellites and other planets that one day they will become extinct. And, and those things are all true, and it's all Bible. It's all in the Bible. The Bible has said that we will plant the heavens from the foundations of the earth. And that's in the book of Revelation, uh, pardon me, in the book of Isaiah. And I, I've written on it in our blogs, and I really suggest for you people who are uh, reading and following that uh, you shouldn't just read the current blog alone. You should read that, but you should keep reading these other blogs. There's like 350 of them all, uh, that we've got, and I don't know how many of you are reading the blogs that are, on, that are called Post on on the Star Rise. There's over 20 or something like 20 there that are written in a little different way, but you should be reading these. There is a brand new blog. Uh, which is, uh, uh, you know, Transmission um, uh, uh, 5 that uh, was put on today, which if you get a chance, you should see that. So uh, many, many more things I have to share with you. Uh, probably you cannot bear them all now, but I'll tell you what, if you get through these, you've done quite well. Now I want to ask you something of you. Uh, there are some of you that have been absolutely wonderful. Some of you, after I do these meetings, you have written email or put something on the blogs and you've said how you've enjoyed it or that you witness it. Uh, some of you have called me. Uh, I cannot explain uh, the meaning of that to me. I cannot explain because for so many years I have preached uh, and preached to people and my word was so deep uh, that people could not fathom or understand it. And uh, when you go back in times, I'm 72 years old, been preaching since I was seven, pastored my first church when I was 16, uh, have got tons and tons of, of, uh, of schooling. Uh, and, and, um, but of all the schooling, the, 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 the thing that really has revealed uh, about the world and, and about the universe and about God has been the Spirit of God. And, and that's why I want to encourage any of you people to understand that any of you, uh, God can get hold of. And God can endow you, endued you with power from on high. And suddenly open your mind to understand things that you thought was never possible for you. Uh, because that is how the Spirit of God works. And I want to encourage you, though, to, to, you know, to write me and to, to, to put on the blogs. Uh, and you people that have been healed, you know, um, Yesterday I was working on a lady. Uh, we won't know the outcome for about a week or two, but uh, she's uh, uh, in the states, uh, uh, probably not too far from from uh, New York and that area. And uh, she, um, uh, I was working on. Um, I did. I did a gentile operation in which I actually went in was working with removing some some uh, parathyroid nodules. And, and, uh, some small tumors. And, uh, I know that 
as I begin to get more uh, knowledge on how to do this and a better understanding of the of the body that there's going to be uh, deeper and better successes and uh, I, I I just only have so much time uh, I'm, I'm working day and night right now on the you know concluding the the uh, uh, peace Bible and and we we have uh, all but finished this the book of revelations uh, it is sensational uh, we will have that ready to be sent out to you know to the special uh, uh, investors here in a, two weeks or so uh, I just thank God I thank God for you people that are listening I thank God for my family I thank God for the followers and I believe that God wants our people to have divine health and I believe our God wants our people to have longevity and there are messages that are out there and um, I have received an understanding of, uh, of being able to interpret uh, the crop circles. And someone brought a book in here the other day of some pictures. And I was going through them and I was looking at them. And I could immediately interpret what the message was from a whole bunch of those crop circles. Not every one of them, but a whole bunch of them. And, and one day, once we get all of our setups going, and once we get all the help that we need to get this going, uh, I'm going to be able to, uh, to put big pictures of these crop circles up and be able to interpret what those crop circles are, what the message is uh, in those crop circles. And sure, there's some people that have gone out there and have created uh, pseudo-fake uh, uh, UFOs. People that have gone out and cre- created fake, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, fly, as I said, UFOs and fa- fake uh, uh, crop uh, 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 circles. There have been people that uh, before Jesus came, who were false uh, messiahs. There were several false messiahs that came just before Jesus. So uh, many outstanding type of false ones that uh, by the time they were through with the, with the, the fraud of all of that, they didn't want to believe in any uh, soon coming messiah. And that was a that was a plan of the of the forces dark uh, to destroy the confidence uh, in the in that generation of of anyone who would uh, dare to come and claim to be the Messiah. And so, when the truth really comes, it will come in a form that you don't expect it. It will come in a person that you don't expect it. It will come in a style that you don't expect it. It will be full of signs and wonders. It will be full of, of incredible things. But I tell you, it's, it's real. And we're going to not do the Gentile tonight because uh, uh, we're, we're going to cause that this energy of this message in itself will be a healing wave. And that this healing wave will go out uh, from all these words that have been spoken and that have entered into your ears and into your body and will begin to heal your body. Begin to heal it. You know, uh, my wife will be praying God is moving by His Spirit, moving in all the earth. And we just allow this, this, um, to, uh, to, to, uh, energy to move in your body, to begin to heal you, whatever it is. Headaches, Arthritis, arthroposis, 
diabetes, just God calls this energy to go out, this message, and begin to heal people. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. For God is moving by His Spirit. He's moving in all the earth. Will signs and wonders when God moveth? Move, oh Lord, in me. God bless you. We love you. God be with you. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.